Hello, 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 and welcome to the Doom and Bloom podcast. My name is Casey Kingry. It's so wonderful to be with you right here, right now. Um, This is a space where we learn to take the challenges that will inevitably exist all around us, and we learn how to interface with those challenges in a way that truly supports us to bloom, to grow, and ultimately to thrive. And so thank you for being in this space with me. Um, Right now, we're exploring the chakra system. I'm a yoga teacher and a life coach, and the great thing about being both of those things simultaneously is that I have access to a lot of knowledge and tools that create transformation and lasting change. And, And my toolbox doesn't exist only in the mind, or only in the body, it exists in both. And so I have an opportunity to really merge those worlds together today. The, the thoughts, the mindset, the, the responsibility, uh, the things that like that that come with coaching and also with the energies and the intuition and um, the stories that live inside our soma, the somatics, the tissues, the, the, the physical beingness. And so people talk about the mind-body connection all the time. But what does that actually mean to connect your mind and your body? And so that's what these conversations about the chakras are to me, is how do we develop this understanding, um, this relationship between what our cerebral brain says and then the wisdom that is held locked inside of our tissues inside of our cells. Um, You know, I have a lot of people in my life coaching practice and in the yoga space too, come to me and say, I want to follow my intuition, but I have no idea what that even looks like. And that makes so much sense to me. You know, we live in this world that teaches us to conform and not to be our authentic selves. And so when most of us reach adulthood, we, you know, in whatever degree, at whatever time, (laughs) we sort of look around and say, oh my gosh, like, like, I don't think I want to conform anymore. Like, I think I really want to be myself. And then we have to sort of discard these things that have been in the way, these things that we've been conforming to, and we have to reprogram ourselves with, with um, the, the beliefs and the systems and the principles and the values and the actions that we choose to live it, live with. So, you know, all of this is like, information um, along the journey that that lives not just in your mind, but in your body. Um, And the chakras give us access to this in a very unique way. So it's my hope that as we have this conversation today, specifically about the sacral chakra or the second chakra along the seven chakra energetic chain, um, that you would gain more understanding and that you would gain more wisdom about yourself and that you would understand your story, you would understand your body, and you would understand the inner workings of your life through a new lens. You know, they say, I think it's from Alcoholics Anonymous. I don't know, I've been saying this so long. Sometimes it's hard to remember where everything comes from, but I think it originated from AA, that if you always do what you always did, then you'll always get what you always got. And so it behooves us to look at our lives differently, doesn't it? If we want change, if we want... If we want to grow, if we want to expand, it behooves us to try a new avenue, a new pathway. It's hard to get a different outcome for your life without a new input, right? It's hard to create a different result without changing some one of the ingredients or the approach or the system or the plan. And so my hope is that these chakras 
will give you a new dimension of understanding for yourself. And I've got a special offer at the end, um, a, a special way that you can um, take what we're going to talk about today and really apply it to yourself in and, and a way that I can raise my hand to help you to do that. So make sure that you stick with me to the end. I've got a special offer for you. Um, and I think that it'll be really worth your while. So let's dive in. You know, what are the chakras? What is the sacral chakra? Um, where does it live? What does it have to teach us? And what results can you create in your life by understanding this energy center more and by bringing more balance and, and curating more wholeness for yourself in this region? I mean, that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, so let me back up for just a moment and give you sort of just a brief overview about the chakras and what they are. So the chakras are... Um, a, a metaphysical concept that helps in my mind to bridge the connection between matter, the things that we can see, feel, touch, and the things that are unseen, the ethereal, the subtle body, the parts about, about ourselves that cannot be quantified or measured, right? So when we talk about energy, when we talk about life force, when we talk about chi or prana, all of that is energy moving through you. And this energy matters, even though we can't see it, even though we can't touch it or, 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 or put, put it in a container necessarily, like it still matters. And again, like we live in this world that's sort of like, show me the money, show me the evidence. I'll, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it type of thing. And, and so this modern Western way of looking at things is very, um, you know, proof oriented, you know, believe it to see it type of thinking has sort of robbed us of the mystery and the magic of life. And so I see these chakras as a way to really tap in to the mystery and the magic in a systematized way, in a way that, that gives us a, a, a compass or gives us sort of a roadmap of understanding. See, the, the premise of the chakras is that, you know, there are actually hundreds of chakras that live inside of us and actually outside of us as well, which is pretty mind blowing. But really, like I said earlier, traditionally, at least here in our study in the West, that, that most commonly, I think, um, people talk about is this seven chakra system. And the seven major chakras live along your spinal cord, or in energetics, we would call that the shishumna. So the shishumna is this sort of energetic highway where these seven energy centers live inside of your body from the base of your spine to the very tip of your head. And each seven, each of the seven houses or wheels um, in Sanskrit, the word chakra translates to mean wheel. So each of the wheels represents a different energy in a different location inside of the body. And like I just said, you might think of these as houses. Each energy center is a house for different responsibilities, different, um, different healing, different types of energy sources, um, different ways to function in the world. It's, it, and it's all sort of part of a, of a bigger chain. They all fit together. In fact, each chakra spins in a different way. So if, if one spins counterclockwise, then the next one will spin clockwise and then counterclockwise and vice versa. And so they all kind of, you know, in the way one spins, 
affects the one above it and the one below it. So they're all very interdependent and they all interface with and affect one another. And they affect us. They affect how we show up in our lives. They affect how we see the world. We affect, they affect the energy that we hold inside of our bodies. They affect our physical beingness and levels of pain or pleasure. Um, so all of these houses, these chakras have attributes that are physiological, that are ethereal. Um, and so if this is kind of blowing your mind already to begin with, then I would say that we're on the right track. Um, it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around sometimes, right? And that's the beauty of it all is that we don't have to fully understand in order to lean in and, and cultivate some meaning from these ancient tools that have been benevolently bestowed upon us. Um, I would say that chakras are typically maybe associated with a kundalini line of, of yoga, but I would also say that this is all-encompassing, and there are many people like Joe Dispenza out in the world that are teaching on these chakras without even calling them chakras and calling them energy centers. So, um, you know, take all of that for, for, as you will. Um, so the last chakra that we discussed was the root chakra, um, Manipura. Actually, that's Manipura is is a different chakra. It's Muladhara, rather. I'm sorry. Um, I'm actually teaching at my studio on Manipura, on the solar plexus chakra. And then I'm doing this podcast on sacral chakra. And then I'm trying to talk to you about root chakra. So the way that I'm wired, my brain, it sometimes transposes these details. So anyway, if you listen to my last podcast, it was about Muladhara, the root. And, and hopefully you glean from that podcast that the, the, the root chakra, which is at the base of this system, is all about safety and belonging and feeling safe enough in this world to have a wonderful life. <laughs> and so we talked about boundaries and, and creating your own certainty and creating your own foundation and not waiting for the government or your community or your partner or whomever to make life feel good or okay for you and to start to build the internal resources that we need to, to stand on our own two feet to feel solidified, to feel like we have a purpose in this world that no one else can execute, that we are meant to be here. And since we are meant to be here, then that also means that we are safe to thrive. All right. And so that's, um, I probably said that better than I said it in the podcast, but that's sort of a little, a little snippet of what the root taught us. And so today, just like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if you're familiar with that, like the, the pyramid where you know, this base layer where your safety, your shelter have to be the, the, the primary layer before you can self-actualize and, and, and evolve and transform and everything. It's very similar to the chakra system where the root must be tended to in order for you to build upon it. All right. And so I hope you learned something from that. So we're going to build on that idea that 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 the root is, that we are already tending to the root and that we have gone deep and that we know who we are and that we believe that we're supposed to be here and that we're safe to be here. And since we're safe to be here now, we're going to expand one notch higher above the, the root chakra into the sacral chakra, the second chakra, Svadhisthana. And this energy lives right inside of your abdomen in the bowl of your pelvis. Um, the translation of this word Svadhisthana means the sweetness of life or even the seat of the self. Um, so this is the place where we know joy, 
this is the place where we know um, the truest of true, the essence of who we really are. Um, this is the place where our creativity comes alive. And this can mean a lot of different things. So if we take this literally and we look at the physiology and the anatomy of this energy center, this is where your sex organs live. This is where your reproductive organs live. So, so um, you know, uh, Anadea Judith says that the chief operating force of this particular chakra is the attraction of opposites. And if we look at heterosexual relationships and we look at sort of mainstream fertility, we can see that, you know, when a man and woman come together at opposites and they attract in this particular place in the body, what happens? Something brand new is formed and ultimately birthed. Something is created. So this is the house of creation, whether that's literal reproduction, creating a child through your physical body, or this creation, this harmonization of all the parts inside of you that then lend to like birthing the vitality of your life, right? So this is, this is about creation, not just literally, but down deep your ability to harmonize with yourself, your ability to flow. So the, the element that's associated with the sacral chakra is water. So the root chakra was earth, right? So it's like a tree, the root chakra going down into the dirt, right? Solid, earthly, matter. Now we've ascended one notch and every time we ascend a little bit higher, things become just a little less rigid a little more ethereal and also a little more complex. All right. So now this watery sacral energy is all about flow and all about the balance of giving and receiving. So just as the masculine and feminine come together physiologically to create and birth new life, the masculine and feminine energies inside of us also come together to form our particular brand or level of internal flow. So this is like the marriage outside of yourself and also the marriage inside of yourself. And, and please forgive me if, if, you know, I know I'm speaking in very dualistic, binary, frankly, heterosexual terms, and this extends far past sexuality or gender or, or anything like that. So all of this can exist in female-female relationships, masculine-masculine relationships, non-binary, all of this. I think it's just th that particular duality, that polarity helps me to describe what's really happening in this energy center. So so please just um, know that, that this is encompassing enough to hold whatever combination of these factors you personally experience in your own life. It's just the idea behind it, that all the differences can come together to form something beautiful. And so often we have this either or thinking inside of us where it's either this or that. But the sacral chakra says, no, 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 no. We don't get the harmony if everyone sings the same note. So it's okay to be different. It's okay to diverge. And that doesn't be, have to be painful or harmful. It can actually be really freaking beautiful. And the more beautiful it is, the more the flow can expand and ignite inside of you. All right. Are you tracking with me so far? So, gosh, I feel like I could just stop there, but I won't. So what does this energy really mean to us? So in my opinion, in my experience, in my work with people, I don't know about you, but this particular place in the body 
is very charged and loaded with a lot of probably story and narrative and history and pleasure and pain and maybe confusion. I don't know. Fill in the blank for you. And here's what I mean by this is that I'm going to start with religion because why not? You know, this Judeo-Christian viewpoint, you know, really preaches the notion of purity, virginal purity, right? And so a lot of people who have been raised inside of that culture have a lot of shame around this particular energy in the body or even this location, right? Um, And so depending on how you were raised, either culturally or religiously, you might have some, for lack of a better word, some baggage um, associated with sex, with feeling sexual, with feeling sexual urges, with following sexual urges, and 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 maybe it's not even about sex, but rather attraction or or procreation, right? So so these are the, this is the conditioning that we carry with us, the shame that 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 may have been um, projected onto us by our religious institutions or cultural institutions, um, and a lot of people have. Um, problems in this area, like real physiological problems, whether that's something like endometriosis or PCOS or menstrual pain or issues or sexually transmitted infections. Um, Maybe you struggle with infertility, Um, you know, whatever it is for you. uh, This can be a painful region of the body for people. And it it can also be quite the opposite. Maybe you've had zero problems getting pregnant. Maybe you look at your body as this like beautiful playbook of, of the life that you've created in this world. Maybe you've had a wonderful sex life and a wonderful connection with your partner or partners. And it's a place where you rejoice and feel the most yourself. Maybe you're super duper sexual and you default to this place and it's your go-to. And perhaps one word for that might be like a little over-sexualized. And this is the part of yourself that you default to and give life to yourself and it, it overrules all the other parts of you or dimensions of your personality. So that's a good place to kind of draw the, the an illustration of what these chakras look like. There's no right or wrong. It's all just about balance, right? And, and functioning in this sort of middle ground that, that you cultivate for yourself, that you decide what that means for you, and then allowing it to come alive for you. So these energies, this sexual flowing creative energy, it can be on overdrive or it can be super dried up, right? Or it can be somewhere in the middle. And that's really what I want the essence of our conversation to be about today. So as we're talking, what has jumped out for you? Like, what are your, what's your history? What's your story when it comes to this part of your body? And I would really encourage you to journal and write down, like, what have you been through when it comes to your pelvic region. I mean, that might sound weird, but that's part of what this is. So just like in the root chakra, the root chakra that I talked about last time is all about the base of the spine, the very tip of the tailbone, the coccyx. It's about the legs. It's about the bones. It's about one's teeth even. It's 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 the most dense, filled with matter, um, oldest parts of you. And so in that inquiry, you know, in order to check in with the root chakra, I would ask people, like, if you have bone disease, if, if you've got back problems, if you've got pain in your legs 
or knee problems. Or if, if, if maybe you were born, like I know as a little kid, I, my baby teeth were terrible and my adult teeth are kind of, you know, they're just medium, right? So all of that, if I'm going to inquire about my root chakra, I'm going to go through that and I'm going to say, oh, okay, my baby teeth were bad. I wonder, I wonder how that applies to my root chakra. Or, you know, I've got this pain in, in this place and it's chronic and it, and, and what does that mean? How is it, how might it be connected to my sense of safety or gee, like it's hard, my feet hurt and it's hard for me to stand with my feet on the floor. And, and what might that be telling me about my ability to trust the earth to support me? I mean, that, that's just sort of like, does, does that make sense? Like, those are the questions that we, we then must ask ourselves in light of this conversation. So just as I, we would ask those for the root chakra, let's ask those questions for the sacral chakra. What have I been through? What messages have I been handed? What, what, what values have I inherited about what it means to be sexually healthy? And do I want to continue to follow those rules. And if I do, how can I do so? And if I don't, how would I like to upgrade those to something that feels a little bit more authentic, right? So this is the work, my friends, of taking this information and then applying it uniquely to you. And if that feels hard to do, then I can coach you through it. So you should hire me to do that. Anyway, here's what really sprung up for me about the sacral chakra. And I just, I want to share a little bit about myself for one second. I'm going to get emotional. I can already feel it. Like I've been teaching, so I'm 46. I started teaching yoga in like 2007. Um, and, but I started practicing in 2000. So I've been, I've been doing this a long time. And one of the things that I'm really good at in live classes that I think is part of my secret sauce is theming. And I'm really good at holding a theme and teaching during class, not just teaching the poses, but teaching the philosophy underneath the postures, okay? And that's why I love the chakras so much is because there's just like a never-ending supply of application and depth and beauty and dimension to this work. You know, in life coaching, they tell us to market ourselves like you're the expert position yourself as an expert. And so when I think about calling myself a yoga expert, it feels awful <laughs> because it, it feels actually, it feels like that's not a thing. <laughs> and if it is a thing, I don't, I don't know if it should be a white woman's thing. <laughs> Truthfully, I don't know. Maybe you could coach me on that. But, but to say that I'm an expert in a yoga just sounds ridiculous because I, it's so deep and so vast and so wide that I could study this every second of every day for the rest of my life. And I would still never, never even have scratched the surface. And I just, some people hate that. Some people think, oh God, I'll never know. And I, and I don't hate it. I think it's beautiful. I think it's the most beautiful thing ever. I'm good with the not knowing. I'm good with the with studying and loving and devoting myself to something that's so expansive that the thought of ever understanding it all is just it's just impossible and so talk about magic and mystery it's beautiful and the reason i'm sharing this with you is simply to say that i've taught on the chakras several times and they've never spoken to me in the way that the sacral chakra spoke to me during the month of June, July, when I taught it. That's just all I have to say. And it hit me so profoundly and so deeply and so purely. And it hit me so 
it, it just hit me in a way that has truly allowed me to change and grow and thrive. So that's what I want to give to you right now. So I want to share first that the what I'm going to share with you is from this book called The Book of Chakras, Discover the Hidden Forces Within You by um, someone named Ambika Waters, W-A-U-T-E-R-S-S. I'll try to remember to put that in the show notes. So I really want to give credit. I have tons of resources and I've owned this book for years, but I've never, I've never d- d- dug into it in this way. So again, it's like, you just keep going. It's like, but wait, there's more, but wait, there's more, but wait, there's more. And, and I, I realize the more I go along my journey, the more availability I have for these greater depths. So what really stood out to me is something that I haven't been available for in the past. And it's part of this visualization that she offered in this book about the shape of the sacral chakra inside of the abdomen. So the shape of of the representation of this chakra is a four-sided pyramid, and it's the color orange or vermilion, the sort of golden, amber, radiant, vibratory orange color. And usually, and I'll just be honest, usually when I hear like, you know, for the root, it's like picture an eight-sided cube, a red eight-sided cube inside of your in, in, in your, at the base of your spine. And for in the past, I've been like, that's, I, that just didn't feel helpful for me, but this time it does. And I was able to picture this four-sided pyramid inside of my abdomen. And according to waters, these four sides of the pyramid, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, let me take a drink. These four sides of the pyramid represent the four pillars of well of the four pillars of the sacral chakra. And so that is what I would like to offer you today is really the meat of our lesson that that the sacral chakra is all about connection, creation, flow and ultimately all of that together combines to form your vitality. And so you know, if the if the sacral chakra is symbolized by the element of water, think about what water is to our bodies. Water is the, the nourishing life force. It's the thing we cannot live without. If we're hydrated, it makes everything else better. If we're dehydrated, our entire system suffers. If we go dehydrated for too long, we die. All right. And so what really landed for me in this round of study of the chakras is that the sacral chakra is to the rest of the energetic chain, the whole shashumna, as water is to the body, all right? The sacral chakra is to all of your energy as water is to the body. So really the sacral chakra is the water source for your energy. The sacral chakra is the water source of your life force. The sacral chakra is the source of the wellspring of life in and through you. So just like we must protect our water, just like we have to replenish our water every day, the same is true with this energy inside of the body. And if if it's under-functioning or in a drought, the whole chain will suffer. The whole body and the whole energetic system will suffer. No pressure. But really, this is the key to your flourishing and functioning, not just sexually, not just reproductively, not just financially, 
not just creatively, which are all the properties that live in this specific house, but it's also, it also affects everything that lives in all the other houses. All right. So if we want to direct our attention somewhere, this is a great place to send it. Okay. And it makes sense because a lot of us are pretty wounded in this area. So I'm going to give you four ways, again, based on um, Ambika Waters philosophy here, these four components of our sacral energy. So the first one is along the back wall, the back wall of your pelvis. And this is important because this element is well-being. And since it's on the back wall, it's in alignment with your sacrum and with the very base of your spine. All right. So this quality, the quality of well-being is like the spine of this whole sacral effort. Everything stands and is rooted in your well-being. All right. So what does this mean? You know, well-being maybe self-care is another way to say this. And self-care has become so trendy. And self-care is not something that's meant to be skin deep. Yes, it can be getting your nails done and taking a bath. And also it's, it's about really showing up for yourself, tending to yourself, caring for yourself in a way that truly nourishes you and feeds you from the inside out. All right, this is all about putting your own oxygen mask on before you put on anyone else's. So this is about showing up for yourself and then letting it in. So what this means to me is like, when I go out on my paddleboard, I don't just enjoy the sun. I lay there and I specifically consciously ask the sun to burn away any bullshit inside of me. And then I ask the sun specifically to infuse me with his healing rays. And then I take it in and I say, thank you. Thank you. And I picture the sun just coming into my cells through my skin, right? And then I picture it livening me up, right? That is what self-care means to me that is not skin deep. When I get in my bathtub, I turn off all the lights because I need a cave environment to replenish. And I shut everything down and my partner doesn't come in and talk to me and I read my book and I get in the dark and I just let it be quiet and I let the water hold me. And I specifically say, I'm not going to worry while I'm in here. I'm not going to think about a lot of stuff when I'm in here. I'm just going to be, right? So that's what I mean. When I do go get my nails done, I talk to the person, I chat, I, I view it as a going out and like a, like, a, like a fun thing I'm doing for myself. And I really, I choose my most favorite color and then I enjoy the crap out of those nails. You know what I mean? So I don't know, that last example may have fallen just a little bit short, but I'm trying to tell you that, that you can take the things that you're already doing and make them deeper. <laughs> you can take the things that you're already doing that might be on the surface and with your consciousness and intention and devotion, you can pull that thread in deeper so that it really touches you on the inside. Again, I can help you to do that as your coach. So that's the first pillar is your well-being. Second is um, is your joy and your pleasure. All right, and I guess I can't remember exactly. Um, I'm gonna check. Let me check. Let me check. Okay, the front wall, the front wall of your pelvis is joy and pleasure. Um, 
and I have an example for that that's a little bit risky that I'll think about if I want to share it here. But um, joy and pleasure live on that front wall of your pelvis. So it's all about giving yourself permission to lean into the good stuff in your life, all right? Like what would happen if you put your own enjoyment of life at the center of your experience? What might happen? Have you ever done that? Like most people, especially women, do not feel that they have permission to put their own fun or enjoyment or pleasure at the top of the list. And when I say pleasure, I know most of our minds go to sexual pleasure. And this is definitely, yeah, that could be like being number one on the list. But it's not just sexual pleasure. It's just pleasure, the joy, the richness, the sweetness of life. Svaristana, the sweetness of life. The, the, the color is orange. And when I picture the sweetness of life, the image is like you're biting into this gorgeous, juicy fruit and just allowing the, the, the juices to drip down your chin and throat and chest. Like that's what the joy essence of the sacral chakra is. It's like letting, biting into the good stuff of life and then just letting it ooze all over you, right? Like how does that feel? And how often do you feel like that? You know, I think that this could be a really good time to say this is sometimes improving our lives is about solving our problems. But sometimes improving our lives is about practicing being happy. Even though things aren't perfect, even though we have problems, even though things need to be solved and X, Y, Z, fill in the blank, can we lean into joy and pleasure anyway? All right. So that that might be homework, <clears throat> excuse me, to cultivate this experience of joy and pleasure, even when circumstances aren't perfect for yourself. All right. I decided not to share that thing, but I did share that thing about pleasure in my Patreon community. So if you're really curious, you can join my Patreon community and, and ask about that. All right. The, the third element of the sacral chakra lives on the left-hand side of the pelvis and it is your sense of enoughness or worthiness, all right? Enoughness or worthiness. And so these are not small concepts, all right? So in order to to tap into pleasure, in order to prioritize your well-being, at some level we have to do the work so that we each truly believe that we deserve this so that we can receive it. You know, one of my coaches, Anna Kinkella, she talks about the receivership wound, especially in women, and that there's this wound when it comes to receiving that we want it, but we can't actually let it in. And sometimes that is because of this deep-seated belief that we're unworthy or that everyone else deserves it except for us or that everyone else deserves it first and then maybe us, but it never gets to that point, does it? It never gets to be your turn. All right. So is this you? Um, Do you see prioritizing yourself as selfish? What if you saw it as self first? You know, I know that this is so hard for people to wrap their brains around, especially mothers, especially women. Um, But no one benefits when you put yourself last. No one benefits when you put yourself last. You suffer. And then ultimately everyone else around you will suffer too because they'll feel it. So when you stop suffering and you put your needs closer to the top of the list, you are much more well-equipped to what? Solve problems and to serve others. So this right here is rebellious, countercultural energy. So go against the grain, my friends. 
put yourself at the top. And again, this is work that I do with my clients all the time is, is, is really believing that we're worthy and dissolving all the things that we've been taught up until this point that tell us that we aren't. And then finally, the fourth pillar, and this is interesting for me because I'm missing my right ovary. I lost my right ovary in 2009 because I had a teratoma, that, ter, <laughs> tumor, a teratoma, tumor. That's a little too information, too much information. But since both words came out of my mouth at the same time, now you know what type of tumor it was. But um, I lost my right ovary, and I just think that's curious. That's me doing my work because the right side of the pelvis is is geared towards abundance, and I would say that I historically, up until this point in my life, has have had a hard time tapping in to real abundance. And it's just now that I'm really opening myself up to the flow of abundance in my life. Um, but it makes sense, right, that I'm missing that ovary, that there might be a wound or, or a vacuum, if you will, on that side of my pelvis that might represent this sort of difficulty that I personally have historically up until this point tapping into abundance. Are you noticing my words that I said up until this point? So this is no longer part of my story. This is no longer part of something that I'm weaving into my identity. And I'm very careful with my languaging because your language doesn't describe your reality. Your language creates your reality. So how can, how can you tap into abundance and how can you actually receive it? All right. Okay. So that's what I've got for you, my friends. This has been a long one. So I'm just going to take a few more minutes just to rattle off a few tips and tricks for you to practically in real time, like tap into this energy, not in theory, not in abstract, but boots on the ground. All right. So the, the color orange represents this energy. So whenever you can infuse your life with a color orange, or if you know that you want healing in this area, maybe you purchase yourself a, a, an orange bracelet or you buy yourself an orange candle. I'm a very big proponent of talisman, of, of, of symbolo sim symbology, of symbolic elements, whether it's tattoos or jewelry or you know things that you burn or flowers that you get or whatever it is that you can surround yourself with that will help to remind you of the energy that you're trying to hold inside of your body. Another way to say that is embodiment and integration. So you can use what I'm about to tell you to integrate all of these ideas into your everyday. So that using the color orange, weaving it into your life and however you can is always a great, um, is a great way to go. Um, you know, drinking liquids, um, this energy is water-based. So hydration, consuming juices, herbal teas, they can really help bolster up this fluid energy. So literally being hydrated is the source of everything. Bodies, typically, if you would like to change your body composition to gain or lose weight, if you'd like to become stronger, if you'd like to become more agile, the secret sauce to every single one of those things is drinking enough or more water, all right? And so you can always come back to that of just nourishing yourself in that way to help feed the sacral chakra energy. Um, get into water, baths, lakes, rivers, showers, whatever is accessible to you. And I know that cons conservation and conservation of water is super important. So it's up to do us to do this mindfully with ahimsa, with the least amount of harm that we can muster. And when you do get into water, like my partner will be on his paddleboard and I will just be in the water holding on to mine. And I enjoy it. I'll do somersaults in the water. I'll blow bubbles in the water. 
I'll float in the water. I'll hum to myself in the water. Let it, let it hold you. Let it nourish you. Let it heal you. Let it restore you consciously. Allow it to harmonize all the parts in your life that feel out of balance or in conflict. Ask it to bolster up your vitality and see what it does. Um, I would also consider what it means to you to be in flow. What does that mean to you? And how can you enhance that? And for a lot of us, that means letting go of control and letting go of clinging and stop trying to strong arm things so much. So what would it be if just for a day you were like, I'm going to go with the flow and I'll just be easy breezy. Just try it. Just practice it. See what it would be like. Um, Practice cultivating what I just spoke to you about. Well-being, joy and pleasure, worthiness and abundance. Uh, this, this energy center is all about the right to feel, to feel your feelings. So this is, I can't believe this is the first time I'm talking about emotions. See what I mean? There's so much to talk. This is all about the, the watery, murky caverns of our emotional body. All right. So all of these principles can, can draw you back to, to allowing yourself to feel your feelings. All of you belongs here. Feel them fully, allow for them, allow them to flow into something else. So normally we try to stop feelings, especially feelings that we don't prefer. But usually the the, the science tells us that usually feelings will subside in about 90 seconds. So if we can ride that wave, see what I did there, ride the wave for about two minutes, usually that, that wave will take us somewhere else if we can stay with it long enough. All right, so feel your feelings, be willing to go there, allow for them. They're here to show you something. They're here to reveal yourself to you. They're here to to move you and teach you and grow you. So don't hide from them. Um, This energy is also lunar energy, moon energy. So get out under the moon. Um, Ask her to heal you. Ask her to protect you and shelter you and guide you. Um, ask her to, to bestow her benevolence and, and radiance upon you. All right. So this lunar energy, this feminine energy, this murky darkness, nighttime, like you can tap into that. So let the moon guide you as well. Um, here's something that, that I think is so huge. You know, when, when, when you think about indigenous cultures or tribal cultures, specifically maybe African indigenous and tribal cultures, and you think about the way that, that these, these people dance, like they, they move with their hips, right? You, like, like uh, the, the, it's amazing. The, the mobility and uh, the undulation that you see in some of these tribal indigenous rituals and dances. And you see it not only in in African cultures, but in Indian cultures, there's belly dancing, um, all with this real like either like high action at the hips and pelvis or this really sultry, sexy, sort of seductive energy at the pelvis. So notice all of these cultures that move their hips in this really powerful, dancing beautiful way i mean even twerking like even black culture today right with twerking it, it's it like we can learn from our indigenous and black brothers and sisters and i say this as a white woman to give ourselves permission to move our bodies and to move our pelvis in in this way i think that there is something to it i think that there's there's freedom there's sexuality there's authenticity there's there's literal mobility in the in the joints. I mean, how many white people do you know that sit behind a desk and have back problems, right? And I'm sorry. I hope I'm not offending anybody by talking about race here because obviously, 
that problems aren't exclusive to white people, but I'm, I'm just trying to promote the value that we have in all of these cultures that exist all around us and kind of show that this modern, you know, Western linear living, <laughs> maybe there are other dimensions for us to explore. So I hope you receive that in the spirit that it was intended. Okay. The very, very, very last thing I have to say to you is, is this, here's what I learned about the sacral chakra energy for myself is that we each must protect our own precious life force at all costs. Just like as a world that we have to protect our water sources or we will not survive, you must protect your precious energy or you will not survive. Or you will not survive in the way you were born to. You will not survive in the way that you were meant to in this lifetime. All right. So if you want to live your precious life fully, then you have got to protect this life force. All right. So ask yourself, what robs me of my well-being? What, pre what prevents me from tapping into pleasure? What do I need to heal in order to truly tap into and embody my sense of worthiness and believe it? And what is standing in the way of my ability to be abundant? And that is your work, my friends. And it is essential work because it is connected directly to your precious, profound, and one-of-a-kind life force. And I, for one, believe that this world needs your life force to be pure and strong and whole. And if you don't feel like you're showing up that way, if you are living as a fraction of yourself, if your waters have run dry, then I'm raising my hand for you to contact me right now to reach out. The links are in my in the channels. You can go to lifecoachingbylotus.com and book a free consult with me. And we can begin the process of both uplifting and nourishing your life force and understanding what you specifically need to do in order to protect it for yourself. And that is the work, my friends. This is the work of understanding the chakras. This is yoga. This is coaching. This is taking responsibility for the information that your body, heart, mind, and spirit are giving you and deciding what it is that you want to do with it. Because guess what? Life is too short not to be your authentic self. And guess what else? It's way too long to live the rest of your life without being your authentic self. So do not wait. This is crucial. Reach out to me now. Send this to your friends. Send this to your family. Let's start a revolution. One chakra, one person, one life coaching client at a time. So I love you all so much. I hope that this has been powerful for you. I hope that this has been helpful for you. And here's my special offer. If you go to my website, www.lifecoachingbylotus.com, I know that that's a mouthful, and then you add a backslash to that. So I think I just gave you the wrong <laughs> URL. Please forgive me. It's, is, is it right? Life, it's lifecoachingbylotus.com. Yeah, I'm just confusing myself. lifecoachingbylotus.com, just call me Grace, and then backslash that, and then add chakras to the end, C-H-A-K-R-A-S, 
then you can book a special one-on-one consult call with me and we'll actually do a chakra inventory to help you understand yourself at the root, help you understand your story at the sacral, et cetera, et cetera. And we can help understand what this information is trying to give you and your body and your life specifically and help you build a roadmap to get from where you are to where you wanna go using some of this information. So if this is jazzed you, go ahead and sign up for that lifecoachingbylotus.com backslash C-H-A-K-R-A-S. I'm sorry that I'm not perfect, um, but I'm, I'm really good. And so thank you for receiving me and my full humanity. Um, thank you for receiving this work. Um, I'd love to know your thoughts. Please rate this. Please share it. Please leave your feedback. I want to grow. I want to get this message out and I can't do it without you. So thank you. I deputize you to share this on my behalf and I invite you to reach out to me and let me know how this impacted you. Um, May you know vitality. May your life force um, run rampant. Um, May you dissolve any resistance inside of you or outside of you that prevents your precious waters from flowing. Peace be with you. May it be so.